Hey, well, good morning um, or afternoon or whenever it is you listen to this. This is Jamie and Patrick, and we are here excited to go through another Bible passage today. Yeah, it's funny that you say morning or afternoon or whenever you watch this. Yeah, I was watching late night the other night. Okay. And literally, uh, the host, Jimmy Kimmel, said that... Years ago, there used to be a big race about who could get the top artist or actor or actress first. And now it doesn't matter because most people will watch every late night show recorded a different day. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. He said the industry is a lot more friendly than it used to be 20 years ago. Because there's no competition to get someone first because it kind of doesn't matter anymore. Well, and I guess we were way ahead of the game. We have never had anyone who's We've never had an audience have has no or anyone who's famous either. So we're right. just going to keep going with uh, reading some Bible and uh, and figuring out what it's about. Yep. So let's jump in. James chapter one. We're still in James chapter one. We're going to check out verses 19 through 27. Listening and doing. You're, you can read it this week. You want week. me to read it this week? Yeah, I, right. re- I read last week, so you can read today. Here we go, James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, it's a little bit shorter passage than last week, so there should be a podcast in our normal time frame unless frame. unless we get inspired yeah and yeah. just keep dragging it out i know if this was our only job i'd say mm. let's we'd bring it on the inspiration and let's let's go record all day but we have pressing things that's true we do have some things is, we need to get this to. is like a show on the road almost there you go we set up you might have noticed a different area today a different backdrop for the video we had technical problems with the camera, so we're just rocking one. And we're reading scripture still. That's the most important part. Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, that's all of us. That's like yeah. j- to us. And just another thing about this too, because some of you might have an older version of the NIV Bible or a different version of the Bible, and it might say um, brothers. Like the ESV says, mm-hmm. know this, my beloved brothers. Mm-hmm. And just to let you know, kind of, I guess, some of the historical reasons why they interpret this differently is some people read that and say, well, what if I'm a sister, not a brother? Does that mean this isn't to me? Oh, yeah. And that's just not true. It's to everyone, right? So the NIV said, you know what, let's let's add sisters in there, my, my dear brothers and sisters, just so we, just so everyone knows yeah. that this is to them. This isn't a letter written just primarily to men. It was written to the church. 
Uh, and so that's that's why they add sisters in there. In the original language, it, it is just the word brother, um, which is which is kind of cool. And in the original Greek, it is to my um, brothers uh, that I love, like beloved. But it's a little more separated where it actually it's beloved. It almost feels like a weak word compared to the way it is in the Greek. <laughs> Um, but I'm already getting way too deep into this. I was going to say, I think James really intended it for it to say, all y'all take all note of this. Hey, all y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Hey, all y'all take, but yeah. he does call them brothers. There's, there's yeah. a familial, you know, family relationship going on here, which is kind of cool. How many people in your life do you call a brother? Hey, brother. Uh, I don't know. I, I throw that around quite a bit. Really? Yeah. All right. Like, so, bro. Do you ever call anyone a sister though? There isn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's like a little <laughs> little different. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's a little different. Okay. All so, right. But like, sup, bro? Sup, brother? Yeah. I'll say that. I'll throw that out every so often. Uh, but <laughs> you know, we we are just tearing this one. I mean, chunk we've apart. gotten through not even a whole verse. Let's 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 like take note of the note that James wants us to take note of. <laughs> Good Everyone idea. should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Ang- angry. Angry. There we go. Wow. <laughs> this is just a, a humdinger of a show yeah, today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. Um, so quick to is, listen. This is a big one. And I in they'll get back to this later on in James. We'll get back to this idea of angry. Um there's a guy I knew once, and I think I shared this one on the other podcast, who who said if you ever want people to um to like you, which sounds a little like, you know, that sounds a little narcissistic if you want everyone to like you. But um, if you ever want people to like you, say so just get them talking mm. and listen to them. Yeah. Because people like to talk um, and yeah. people like to be listened to. Right. It's a little weird. You don't go in your house and talk to yourself. Well, I, at least I don't. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> if you do. Um, but if you have an audience, if there's someone who's listening to you, even one other person, uh, yeah. speaking actually becomes something that's more engaging and so if we're quick to listen to other people that's a way that you can show other people that you care about them yeah and it's important to note as well i mean i don't i think the only people that have the luxury that i'm going to talk about are deaf people have cochlear implants but everyone Hmm. has to listen you can't just turn your ears off yeah Yeah. if you have cochlear implants you take them off you literally can take them off take them off that's right but you this is i think james is getting at like don't just you know, hear something because you can't, you don't have a choice to not hear it. Mm. Listen and like be intentional about what you hear mm. uh, and kind of like digest it. Um, and then this is kind of, I see this as an order of operations, like quick to listen and then next slow to speak. So you're thinking about what you're going to say. And then lastly, and this is like not something that maybe sometimes doesn't always happen. Slow to become angry. Hmm. Yeah. And I think people who are, who are live out life kind of more methodically and slowly uh, tend to act in a more thought out way. Mm-hmm. And so I think James is trying to calm down people. <laughs> yeah. Mellow out. <laughs> kind of wondering what was going on in this church that he's writing this, you know, like mm. people are just yelling and shouting and <laughs> they're angry with each other all the time. Yeah. And uh, in verse 20, mm-hmm. anger. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. <laughs> I He throws in the word there, human. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, I get human anger 
and like we want to address that but is there other anger that was happening that he had to kind of <laughs> like specifically say human like cattle anger or i don't know <laughs> meat market anger something, yeah. like, something like that's that. right like those ducks when they're angry it's fine but human anger doesn't work uh i think what's going on here at least what it looks like to me is that um when we're angry as people we are not producing righteousness mm-hmm. god can be angry which we don't think sometimes you think oh yeah god is perfect therefore he doesn't get angry but we see um in scripture god getting angry we see god getting angry um in Jesus at uh, the temple when he turns the tables over. Mm-hmm. And so what this is telling us is we can be, you know, anger isn't the worst thing in the world, but when we're angry as humans, kind of our worldly anger, it doesn't produce good things. When God gets angry, God does things that are just and righteous because God is God. But our anger doesn't produce that same righteousness. Now, Think about how, um, I don't know, maybe like a an internet social media conversation can go from zero to like heated oh, yeah. in no time. Yeah. yeah. And, and at first, maybe it started as something that was good or something that was helpful or something that was good or nice or whatever. And then anger into, entered in and derailed the whole train of good. Yeah. So I think this is what James James is talking about here. He's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Your, your human anger, it's not working out. Yeah. Um, God is, you know, God is the one who's the judge. Therefore, he can be the one who, you know, gets a little more heated on things because <laughs> he can judge accurately. And we're going to be off a little bit. Yeah. And I, I like the practicality that James gets into in verse 21. <laughs> Get rid of all moral filth mm. <laughs> and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. I just like that word filth, moral filth. Yeah, moral filth. It just sounds like something you want to wrap up in a trash bag and throw in the dumpster. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, Yeah, get rid of it. Take out the trash, people. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting that he would use um, this term moral filth or or, um, let's see another way to say it would be like, well, it's anything that's unclean yeah. that has to do with morality. Um, but also getting rid of evil um, that is so prevalent, implying that there's a lot of evil, uh, and humbly accepting the word planted in you. Hmm. Uh, I think that that word humbly in there kind of makes that statement a little different. Hmm. Instead of just accepting the word planted in you, uh, it's the idea of, in my opinion, the idea of putting your faith into action as well, yeah. not just showing up and like listening to messages or worship or reading scripture, but then putting that into action, yeah. going out in your community and spreading God's words, spreading the kingdom of God. Uh, I think that's what the humbly part of that really is hmm. kind of honing in on. Yeah, because I think some people sort of aggressively take on the word that's planted in them. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the anger side of it, right? Or, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know, you know, I know what moral filth is and I'm going to point it out in everyone. Um, or I know what uh, what's wrong in the world and I'm going to somehow forcibly make it right to yeah. saying, no, 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 accept what God has put in you. Mm-hmm. This word, God's word, God's truth. Um, and that is what can save you. 
um, and accept it. Because a lot of times the word gets the word is planted in us and we don't really accept it. It still feels like it's foreign, like it's not there. Yeah. And we try to reject the word and do our own thing. And I think that's the moral filth side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that only humbly accepting the word planted in us can, is the only way that it can save us. That last little piece on the end. I think if we aggressively yeah. accept the word planted in us, I don't know if it would necessarily save us. Hmm. Well, here's something that's cool that I just noticed. The word for moral filth, the root of it is the word for dirt. Oh, nice. So when you think about a word being planted in you, like planting in the dirt. Yeah. So I guess James may have been doing a little uh, play on words here. Interesting. Right. So don't let the, <laughs> you know, you want to plant, but you don't want to plant uh, in moral filth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in bad dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the, the sand at the beach. Then. There you go. Not very many nutrition's so in there. Verse 22. <laughs> do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So I don't know. It's not like reading any other book. You, know, you can <laughs> kind of read a book and go, wow, that was a good book. Yeah. You, like, can read you, know, the, you need to read this and actually do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Harry Potter, you know, like you don't <laughs> want to go running into brick walls thinking that you're going to somehow magically transport yourself to Hogwarts or hmm. try to levitate your friends and have them fall off of things or jump on a broom and think you can fly. That probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's not a good idea. That'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by reading scripture and doing what it says, it's not weird. It's like what we're called to do. Yeah, yeah. It says anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. Hmm. I've never, I don't know what that would be feel like. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we have so many mirrors around these days uh, that you do kind of notice. But you probably at some point in your life you've had like, something wrong with your face and <laughs> you know maybe maybe there's something your hair's in a weird way or you know you got something going on uh cut yourself shaving or something like that and uh <laughs> like the hand in the fan song. Face. yeah <laughs> and you forget you feel like oh, i didn't i didn't you know i didn't check the mirror i didn't know i didn't know what i look like Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you go and let's say you cut your face shave and you go and you look in the mirror and you're like bleeding and then you walk away and you don't, don't take care of it and you forget. And you t- right? dripping blood. Yeah, people are like, yeah, you're, that's kind of weird. Like you're kind of messed up here. Yeah. Um, but when we look at the word, God's word, uh, and we see it, it shows us what we look like. Mm-hmm. It reveals to us maybe some of the harsh truths of, yeah. uh, of not meeting up to God's standard. Um, which is, which is good. It's good that we have that corrective. Uh, we have that mirror for us. Yeah. However, um, we look at it and then maybe we turn away and we're like, ah, forget about it. Um, if we don't put it into action and that's a, this is a big deal. If we listen to the word, but it doesn't change us or move us into action, what was the point of listening to it? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I, I always love it in movies. I don't know if you've seen movies where they have really evil characters and some of these evil characters have memorized scripture. Hmm. Probably one of the good examples is the uh, the prison warden in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> he picks up the Bible that the uh, the character main character is holding, and the main character is hiding his little pick uh, in it. Yeah, and he has it in his hands, and he starts to quote scripture. 
out of it without even opening it up. Yeah. Right. Right. But the irony of that is here's a guy who knows scripture, who can quote scripture without even looking um, at the Bible, but he's doing evil, evil things. Yeah. And so being able to quote scripture, knowing the Bible is of some value, Mm -hmm. but if you never put it into practice, there's no value there at all. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, that person, the prison warden held the Bible and scripture in high regard. I think that was revealed in the movie at one point. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seemed to know it all and seemed to hold it in high regard, but didn't, uh, seem to understand anything about grace, mercy. And he had people killed, I think was the idea in the movie. Um, But yeah, he definitely looked in the mirror and left looking at, and looking at himself in the mirror and immediately forgot what he looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Instead he should have fall. He should have tried to memorize James chapter one, verse 25. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. There you go. Why didn't that guy just read that? There you go. <laughs> well, you know what's cool? There's a promise here that you'll be blessed. People are always looking for blessings. They're like, oh, man, I, I love, love blessings. And when I had a chance to go visit um, in San Diego, there were migrant children that were living in um, our convention center. Mm-hmm. And the most requested thing wasn't playing games or doing crafts or having songs or all of the kids there wanted a blessing. Oh. They wanted the pastors and, and the priests, especially a lot of, a lot of Catholic kids there, they wanted a blessing. Yeah. Um, because to them, that was of like the highest value. And I think people in general, we want to be blessed people. We don't want to be cursed people. Right. We want to be blessed. And so here James is saying like, here's a way to get a blessing. Here's how you'd be blessed and what you do. Uh, look at look at God's word. Yes, great. But do what it says. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and it, and the cool thing too, and I love this, is it says it's the law that gives freedom. Um, I think this is going to be repeated later in, in this uh, in this book. But God's law gives freedom. Now, we don't usually think about laws as being freeing. Right. Yeah. And sometimes... Laws are kind of restricting. Yeah. It's like, well, isn't a law the opposite of freedom? Yeah. Isn't it, you know, like, yeah, uh, the opposite. Uh, we... We once went to this house that was a, a kind of a party house for a family in Big Bear. And uh, at the house, they had the rules. Mm-hmm. And the rules were basically, you have to have fun. Yeah. Like that, like <laughs> they, they had like these freedom giving rules. It's yeah. like, you have, you can eat every, anything you want and you have to have fun. And, and so the, the dad who was the host was there. And that's basically what he told everyone. He's like, hey, just have a whole bunch of fun. Yeah. Right. And don't hurt other people's fun. You know, yeah, just, yeah. And this will be great. So we had a few hours there with a bunch of students, and it was a fun, fun time. Um, but law actually does give us freedom in a certain way. And what that is is if we, if, if there are no laws, if things are chaotic, um, it isn't actually freeing. So a good example. We're, we're talking about movies today for some reason. Yeah, think about kick. any movie that's like post-apocalyptic, where there's no government anymore, <laughs> where there's no like. Then there's a ton of them. There's like zombie movies, yeah. and there's you know after the the nuclear holocaust or whatever. And the <laughs> people who are there are in like constant fear, constant terror. Yeah, uh, they're looking around to find um, food to eat, and it's it's not freeing. No. 
Freedom <laughs> is not something that they they seem to have. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. It's almost being oppressed a little bit. So, law gives freedom, and then it gives us a system uh, in which to operate. Now, yeah. God's law gives us freedom. Yeah, because eventually, right when we're following God's law and when we're listening to uh, the Lord, we realize that He offers us this mercy, mm-hmm. and that's going to give us this ultimate freedom one day. Yeah. So great. You want blessing? You want freedom? Look at the law. Do yeah. What it says. Yeah. And then verse twenty six and and twenty seven to kind of wrap it up. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Ooh, harsh. Yeah. And why would you put in time and effort to be a part of a, a church, a worshiping community, to dive deeper in scripture, to be in a small group, just to have it all be turned worthless because you just let your motor mouth run, right? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> this right. is like a not a very strict command that James has here uh, to have like faithful and abundant religion. This is, I mean, in my opinion, I don't know, maybe some other people feel differently, hmm. but um, keeping a tight rein on, rein on your tongue, um, if that's going to make it worthless, like this is totally worth it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the word for rain is like, you know, like a bridle that you'd put on a horse. Yeah, yeah. Like to control, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is like to control, uh, which is kind of a cool a cool imagery of like, you know, <laughs> being in control of your own. Yeah. Thing. But, but think about the opposite when people are not in control. Uh, when we just kind of say what we want to say, do what we want to do. Uh, yeah. Gossip about people, slander people, uh, are angry, are rude. Um, and again, James is going to get more in, into this taming of the tongue thing uh, later on. But it's a form of, as James puts it, self-deception. Yeah. So you're deceiving who, who you are, which is kind of a crazy thought that you would be, um, you're in control, but you're choosing to control yourself into being deceived, which is which is a crazy place to put yourself into. Right. Um and what's the result of that? Where religion is worthless; it has no value, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, which is the opposite of what someone wants. So, yeah, this controlling of the tongue does seem to be a super important thing. But then James gets even further in verse twenty-seven. Right, religion yeah. that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this: to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, yeah. I don't think James is saying that the that this is all that religion is encompassed into, right? Oh, no. Of course not. Yeah, this isn't every part of it. But what he's saying is, instead of going around gossiping, talking trash, how about do this instead? Yeah. Well, and also, and I heard someone say this, but I'm, I might be quoting it wrong, but also isn't the group of people that James is writing to have a lot of orphans and widows um, as as part of their people group and orphans and widows were often looked, looked down upon, uh, in this, in the time of this writing. Yeah. So the reason why orphans and widows stand out is because if you were an orphan in this time, that means you were a kid and you had no parents, there wasn't like social services that were going to come take care of you. Mm -hmm. You'd have to rely on family members or random people. And it was not, not good. Children today are of high value to our culture and our society and people, like to support children in any way that they can. Um, 
back then, not, not, I mean, children were of high value, uh, but, uh, maybe not to the same degree in terms of having the systems to take care of them. Yeah. Widows, uh, on the other hand, when someone would die, a husband would die, the widow was, was left behind and yeah. the widows did not have the ability to, uh, kind of be in the open market, like to make money. They couldn't go out and get a job, Yeah, which meant they had to rely on other people to help them. Yep. So, and they're also representing the old. So what you can see here is orphans are young, widows are kind of old. Yeah. So it's like, how are we supporting the vulnerable people who are young and who are old? And, and in a way, everyone in between. Exactly. I mean, I, that this is kind of, if you look at it like that, it is all encompassing yeah. in a way. And I really like the idea of, I think in the UK, they use this term, the vulnerable. And mm -hmm. these are people who... Uh, um, could be a lot of different things. Like someone who has a mental health crisis and isn't able to take care of themselves. They don't say, oh, they're sick. Because when you tell someone you're sick, you're you're almost putting your arm out to them saying, you stay over there, you're sick. You're right. Instead, yeah. they use the term, they're vulnerable, which means, oh, we got to circle around this person and protect them. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's a call that James is making to the church here. He's saying like, hey, church... We need to take care of the vulnerable. Yep. That's doing the Lord's work. Yep. Um, but we also need to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Yeah. And the pollution of the world at this point and today as well is money. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. <laughs> money so. is the pollution of, of the world. That's what kind of usually drags us away. And money isn't all bad, uh, but money is something that can uh, really trap us into some false senses of, of power uh, and of importance. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Hopefully we said something today that our listeners can think about more deeply as their weekend goes on. Yeah. And well, I found something new, that whole deal about dirt and planting. And oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for checking out today's podcast. And we'll be back with James Chapter 2 next Friday. All right. See you guys then. Bye.